Coming up on today's episode. We really have underestimated the power of our subconscious mind because 95% of what we do is actually a subconscious belief of you know, we all repeat patterns and that's where that subconscious is. So tapping into that, you know, when you cut yourself, you don't sit there and think, oh, I need to, to do get all these cells to do that and all the plasma. You don't do that, do you? Or breathe. You don't have to think about it. It just does. It just is. It just happens. And that is that power. You know, when you break a bone, you generally your body will just heal it. And it's that power that you're tapping into. Welcome to the I Am Healing podcast. My name is Bethany Larson, and I'm here to explore ideas around true health and happiness. Each week, I bring you a story of healing to encourage and inspire us both as we move forward along our own journeys. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I am truly grateful to know that this path is filled with so many beautiful souls. If you find this episode inspiring, please help me spread the message by either sending it to a friend or sharing on social. And if you haven't already, I'd love if you took a moment to subscribe wherever you're listening and leave a rating and review to let me know what you thought and to help others find us we're searching for hope and inspiration. Today on the I Am Healing podcast, it's episode number six with Rachel Claire Farnsworth and Emily Parsons, who share their story of how through rapid transformational therapy, Rachel miraculously healed her daughter, Emily, from a painful condition she'd suffered with for most of her life. In this episode, we'll be talking about the idea of illness as a messenger, the powerful mental action you can take to help yourself let go and to heal, why people-pleasing is a trauma response, the incredible abilities of our subconscious and the role it plays in our healing, and so much more. Your story is incredible, um, and I'm so glad I came across you on the Facebook group for both and Rachel. Um, and you told the story about how your daughter Emily had, um, you wrote it down, a juvenile idiopathic arthritis. It's quite the mouthful since the age of one. And you were able to heal that a few years ago. So I want to hear hear that story about how all that was and just the experience going through with it. What made, you know, what kind of broke broke the barrier on healing for that? Okay. Well, to start with, it's not me doing the work. It's her subconscious mind. That's the beauty of it. It's it's everybody's got that power to heal, and it lies within your subconscious. And yes, at one year old, she was diagnosed with juvenile idiopathic arthritis. And it, I, as a mum, I felt utterly let her down. And she'd gone to all the, the you know, the, all the doctor's appointments, we'd done all the stuff, she'd had all the medication, it still wasn't going. Um, and I did send a silent prayer to, please God, you know, if there is one, please God, can somebody just help me out with this? And I sort of left, you know, left it there. I didn't sort of dwell on it because I thought, well, you know, it's not going to happen, but well, I'll ask anyway. And then various things happened. Um, I was in a toxic relationship and Emily and her brother decided to go and live with her dad, uh, which made me feel broken as a mum because I'm a, I was a people pleaser and I was codependent. And if I wasn't a mum, I had no idea what my identity was. Um, but it's 
funny how my friend uh, Penny, who's a spiritual medium, popped back into my life. We'd been friends at 11 years old at school and she popped back in and she's like, oh, I think you really need to go away for the weekend. I was like, okay, cool. So we did. And she was saying, I've always thought psychotherapy would be good for you. I was like, mm, not really sure. What do you do with that? How long does it take to study? Mm, you know, it's okay getting a certificate, but then what? So I sort of looked at doing counselling um, because I'm quite a good listener. And interestingly, I found a course locally, but you had to do hypnotherapy the first year. I really wasn't interested in that at all. I just thought, well, I'll sleepwalk through that. That'd be fine. And I'll do the counselling for year two. But the second, first lesson was it more interesting than I thought it would be. The second lesson, she didn't, the teacher didn't turn up. So I started making, you know, doing my own homework. I Googled hypnotherapy. Marissa Peer popped up. She's rapid transformational therapy. And the more I listened to her, the more everything seemed to make sense. And the more it made sense, the more my mind was going, you have to do this. You have to train in this method. But I was still doing the hypnotherapy and the counselling course. But it was still going, you've got to do this, but when? You've got to do this, but when? I'm just, oh, my goodness, I've got to just stop that voice. So I ended up just going, do you know what? I'm just going to do them both simultaneously. So, which I did. And I qualified in hypnotherapy and rapid transformational therapy roughly about the same time. I never did the counselling course. I just got my money back on that because it was just like, well, I don't need that now because RTT just blows everything else out of the water. So that was it, really. And during um, that time of um, being in that relationship, Emily had had pain. We'd gone backwards and forwards to the hospital. We'd had checkups. Had flare -ups well. We've had flare-ups. We've had more methotrexate. Off and on, basically, wasn't it, for, like, years? Mm, first of all it was tablet then it was self-injecting that was actually so much better in a way mm, it, was, it was actually so much better it made me feel like death but yeah, it was sick all the time wasn't yeah it, it was and I, I just didn't feel very good all the time it was just a horrible experience all the time yeah, yeah. all the way so, from age one into yeah, 18 months old she was it, she started walking weirdly right throwing her leg out and um I'd noticed it, but tried not to notice it, you know, and it was um, it was your grandma that it was like, you need to do something about this. I was like, yeah, OK, I've, I've seen it, too, but I'm trying not to. You know, she hasn't fallen. She hasn't done anything. It's going to go on its own, but it didn't. So, um, yeah, to start off with, we we're in hospital for three weeks when they were injecting um, intravenously in injecting her with antibiotics, thinking that it was. Um, like a, a local flare-up that was just, you know, just needed some antibiotics to, to get it down. But that obviously didn't work. And then they were talking about maybe it's lupus, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Um, so we were in hospital because we'd got to have this intravenous antibiotics at 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock every 12 hours. So it meant you know, staying overnight. And then I had to come back and look after my oldest son and then go back to hospital again. And it was it was a bit of a nightmare. And she didn't sleep for four and a half hours <laughs> either. So it was completely, yeah, a nightmare. Yeah. But what was the worst thing was um, when you were 14, you'd been off methotrexate for two years, yeah. hadn't you? yeah. Because you'd had you'd had um I've had two years on it. Two sorry, you'd had yeah, two, two years, years on it. That's right, sorry. Yeah. And two years on methotrexate, which had made her um drug induced 
in remission. Um, and so they said you could come off methotrexate, which you had for about six or eight weeks. It wasn't long at all. It really wasn't long. So then she had this flare up in her knee and they said, oh, no, you need to go back on methotrexate again. And we were both like, no. I was like, I don't know. I can't even go back to that. I can't even imagine. Like, just the thought of it. Like, usually when that's happened before, when that's happened before, I was like, it's okay, I've got to deal with this. Like, it will go. I just keep dealing with it and just keep strike. like, just keep going. And then I got to the point of when I got to 14, I was like, no, I can't. I just can't do this anymore. And then I think I think I said to you, I was like, I, can't, I literally can't do that. I can't even face that anymore. Being sick every weekend, feeling sick, can't concentrate at school. And my GCSE, no, it wasn't my GCSE, it was coming up yeah. year before my GCSEs. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Because imagine if I come off it after two more years and then I, I was just like, I can't. So I started talking to you about it and you were like, here's some options. I just thought, I can't, I can't go through it either. I'd rather stick it in my own eye than not do it. <laughs> Um, so, but I just qualified in rapid transformational therapy in July 2018, and this was October 2018. So I was sort of asking other RTT therapists, did anybody know anybody that had managed to help somebody get over autism or, or any autoimmune disease? And they're like, yeah, sure, you can do that. And I was like, no, I can't do that. Yeah, but well, Marissa's done it. I said, you know, but I can't do that. And like, well, you're trained. I was like, yeah, but I'm not Marissa. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, the people in the forum were basically saying, who better to do it than than you? Because you're her mom. So I just thought, well, you know what? If it takes fifty sessions, isn't it worth it? Even if it doesn't work the first time, let's just keep going. So I said to you, didn't I? Shall we have the session now? And you're like. Ugh. Mm, uh, maybe another day I think is what I said I'm curious what was because the idea that you're like no I'm just so done with this was it that feeling that these symptoms of the treatment seem to be worse than what you were experiencing yeah. yes because it was yeah. just well, it was painful knees painful joints wasn't but it? I was just like I can deal with that I'd rather deal with that than go through feeling sick every weekend yeah. and also you'd realize how much your memory was my memory, yeah yeah I couldn't concentrate or anything and I couldn't remember anything really at all I really I really couldn't I felt like I had dementia in a way I just couldn't remember <laughs> yeah. anything at all because one day you could sort of learn all about the capital cities for example and know it and then if you ask the next day you'd say the capital city of something and you give some random answer and you're like oh you know <laughs> what can I do how, to, how can I make that fit but obviously looking back now it was definitely all drug um induced stuff mm-hmm. wasn't it yeah yeah so it, yeah so it, yeah go on you can I'd love to ask one more question so when when your mom Rachel when you asked Emily Emily what you were feeling like you were holding back I'm curious you're like can we do this another day what was the feeling behind that I was just like, I don't think I'm ready for this. I was like, I don't, I know I want this, but I don't think my body's really ready. Because imagine if it went like straight away, I was like, I don't, I don't, just, it might not even work. And I was just thinking, what happens? Like, what is the worst thing that could happen? And I was just focusing on them things, whereas really the worst thing that could happen is nothing would happen. You asked me that, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. I said, well, look, nothing happens. I can't make you worse. Yeah. The worst thing is nothing happens. And if it does, if nothing happens, we can try again. I was worried that there was like, there could be like, because I've always had symptoms behind everything. I thought there'd be symptoms behind this. 
but because you couldn't remember what normal was. Could you, in fact, we don't actually know whether you were actually born with it, to be honest. No, we don't. So, you know, it was it was that really of what if? <laughs> what if it doesn't work? What if it does? Yeah. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. I totally feel that too, because I think... I'm trying to remember what the last thing was. I think this idea that I can heal myself and I'm like, and I think there's a part of me that feels like if I can't do that, then what is left? And then I feel like you'd be in that state of hopelessness and nobody wants to feel that. So I, I get that. Mm. Yeah. So we just went upstairs, didn't we? I don't know how long the session was, about an hour. So well, I wasn't even sure. I was like, yeah, just done that. It's been an hour and two hours. It's a, because she's only 14, so it's not a lot of history to go back to, really, is there? Normally, it's a two-hour session, but I think it was less than that. I don't know how long it was, really, but I know it wasn't I know it wasn't that long, because I wasn't thinking, God, this is going on forever. I wasn't thinking that at all, so, yeah, it was, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I can't really remember how, to, I don't really remember what happened in the session, though. I was just going to ask, what happened? <laughs> how did it well, go? I was doing handstands in my head going, oh, my God, this is working. <laughs> as a therapist, I was like, oh, ow, I can do this. And as a mum, I was going, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. So I was sort of doing the cheerleaders of like two parts of me. Um, what I do in, in a rapid transformational therapy goes back to some scenes all to do with the events that have, that have changed it, what, where it all began. And your themes weren't particularly profound. They weren't really things that you'd think, oh, that links. And when you sort of do you try and link them together, there wasn't really anything tangible that we could, because uh, normally it's, like, it's crystal clear. But I suppose being a one, she, you know, she was still sort of forming ideas. But basically, I think one scene was you were ironing at, Ridiculous, like having oh, ten yeah, miles yeah. me because you couldn't sleep, and I was trying to do the ironing. So she was doing this pretend ironing thing, weren't you? On the on that wasn't really to do with anything. No, but it was all about you being you. That's what you said, and so I said, "Well, I really don't understand." So then we did something that's really wonderful, which is role, function, purpose. About where, what is the role of the autoimmune disease? What's the purpose? What's the function of it? And that was incredible because that revealed that it was all to do with my cousins have got illnesses of their own and my brother had also got asthma, wasn't it? And I need pain to be like everybody else and our subconscious minds are hardwired to be tribal people so that if you get rejected as a child's person, it almost meant sudden death, especially as a baby. So she could see that actually her pain wasn't helping anybody else. But actually everybody else, everybody else being her cousins and her brother, were all better. They'd all got rid of all their, you know, they'd gone through the medical procedures and everybody was okay. So her pain wasn't helping her. And I was the only one that actually stuck with the pain. Yeah. Yeah. So I said to her, what do you need to do to let go of it? Now, our subconscious minds love imagery. And yours was a beautiful thing, wasn't it? What did you say? I said, tie it to a, what colour was it? I can't remember. Pink. Pink helium blue and let it float away. Your pain in yeah, pink, oh. yeah, all the, yeah, yeah. the autoimmune disease, just tie it to a pink helium balloon and watch it float away. I said, brilliant, let me know when it's gone. And you sort of, sort of jiffled around yeah. it. Because hmm, you said you felt straight away a snap or something. It was just, no, I just kept clicking all over. Every time I moved, my joints clicked. And I was like, 
this is odd. What's going on? What's happening? And it just felt like it was, you know, like each click was like getting looser. So like, it was like the pain was just releasing. releasing. Yeah, releasing, that's the word. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. And this is all happening during that session. Yeah, it happened in a two-hour session or whatever. And even afterwards, I sat on the floor and I was like, Oh my god, what have you done? <laughs> I remember that you were like kneeling, going, Oh, look, mom, I couldn't do this. Look, mom, look, mom. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think I've done this before, weren't you? I've forgotten that, yeah. And, um, and of course, well, downstairs was my second husband and my son, and they were just completely they were like, That didn't happen, yeah, you're making it all up you know he's telling stories but um what it has proven is that I mean I've told the doctors and um it was less than positive reception <laughs> <to me. laughs> um in fact I think I could have been put in a straight jacket if it'd been way back a few decades but the fact is that we're on the same page that the doctors have said if when next year comes, they're going to just dismiss her. They've already said that she's pain free and symptom free, but they they just want to give her another year to make sure. Yeah. So it's like okay, and also they, you go up to adult um, adult yeah clinic next year. So yeah. they've said you know we'll we'll see you for the first year and then you know you can go and it's the same team, isn't it? So I think that's not a nice time to say goodbye. So I'd rather stick with them. So we just thought we'd go along with them rather than sort of fight that and just go, yeah, that's fine. So we get uh, discharged next year. Hopefully. Or this year, actually. Is this October? It's this year. Oh, it's this year we get discharged. And, um, yeah, so this was 2018. So you've had no pain, no symptoms since then, have you? Nothing. Nothing at all. Wow. I'm just, I'm blown away by that because I thought, you know, maybe it was a couple sessions, but this, it works so fast. Was there something, I'm curious, Emily, was there something that you experienced? Like, you know, you said you didn't really remember too much, but like that, you know, having the pain and the autoimmune disease and attaching it to this pink balloon and watching it go away. But was there anything else about this that, I don't know, just you had like an aha moment during it or I'm just kind of curious. Would you say I did? An aha moment when you realised why it was there. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, then. Yeah, at that point I realised, I was like, whoa, I I get it now. I understand now. Yeah. Wow. That is... Because she's my daughter, it was just one session. But when I work with clients, I do an extra three sessions with them. It's not an RTT session, but it's deeper healing. So that, you know, if there's anything still remaining, we can unpick that too. And then there's a recording to listen to to help embed those changes as well. So it's a month package. But with her, because it, she was my first and it was just, well, she can you know, put it on tap. And if she needs another one, <laughs> it's like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. So... Um, Actually, we've healed some dermatitis off you as well. Yeah, we yeah. and the sweaty hands and feet as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of since then, the dermatitis was to stop you going on Instagram, wasn't it? <laughs> Can you believe that? So what about <laughs> on Instagram? The dermatitis that Emily had around her stomach—that was last year, wasn't it? In lockdown, um, we she's like, no, I'll, I'll just I'll have a shower and just tell my body it's all going to heal. <laughs> no, let's have a quick little session and just see. 
So we did that and it, the, the function behind that was, oh, it's not safe to be on Instagram and show, I mean, you weren't being, you were just wearing a like a crop, wearing crop, a crop, crop. Yeah. But wearing that was just like, oh no, that's far too much for, uh, like reveal. Um, I need to have dermatitis to, to stop her doing that. And, <laughs> oh. I can't show it. It's, <laughs> Yeah, so it stops you from showing. Yeah. So you released that. That was a really fast session because you know she's been because she's done it before. We're just like, and also she's like, I didn't, want to, I didn't want to go through the whole thing. I was just like, it'll go, it'll be fine. And you're like, no, just do yeah. a little thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Hedged their bets a bit, didn't we, on that one? Um, I really wasn't expecting anything to happen with that one at all. I was like, it's fine. Just just do a little thing, like a mini session. Oh, what was it? What was it called that you did? Yeah, I just found the role and the function behind it. Oh, you didn't do? Oh, yeah, you just did the role and the function, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that'll do. And I really wasn't expecting anything to happen, but it disappeared within what would you say? A fortnight or so, wasn't it? A few weeks. Yeah. You just you could see the skin drying up. And then you had sweaty hands and feet. You had trouble keeping your flip flops on in the summer, didn't you? Yeah. And I hadn't realised that that was a problem. Um, can I can I ask when did the start um the sweaty hands and feet was that after um yeah. the pain went away? Oh, I don't know, you tell me. I noticed it last year. When did you notice it? Has it always been a thing? I'm not, I don't even know. Yeah, but you noticed it before I even noticed it. To me it was normal. Yeah, because so, you couldn't keep your flip-flops on and I was just laughing at you. And he was like, no, this is serious. I can't because look, and I, you know, and it was like, oh, yeah, your feet are so wet. Your shoes won't stay, your flip flops won't stay on. Yeah. So, so I said, oh, no boy's going to fancy you like that. You know, I'm going to laugh with her. <laughs> really cruel one that I am. So I said, let's have a, a session about that. And we did, didn't we? And I what it was about. Um, to you. Yeah, it's about friendships, wasn't it? And about needing to, you know, it's like there for like warmth and like to get like, give you like a hook kind of thing, like a virtual hook, like be there for you kind of thing. What else was it? That was basically it, wasn't it? Because you, you said, that, you know, when your friends weren't there. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Because you were having problems with friends at school, weren't you? And it was about, uh, you know, a virtual hug, really, sort of, I'm here, I'm that warmth to remind you that you're not on your own. And it's like, well, I don't need that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not helpful. Yeah. Um, but isn't it funny how your subconscious mind comes up with this random, it's like, it's been described, Marissa describes it as a wild horse, that it's, you know, it just sort of thought, right, this is the idea and I'll leave it with me and I'll come up with some really weird plan that I don't, you know, that's not helpful, very often not helpful. Um, but you've got no conscious say in it. It just, you know, it just decides what it's going to do um, because it is that primitive brain. So it is really fabulous to be able to unpick it and to, and it's brilliant when you can sort of bring it out of your subconscious, look at it with your conscious mind and go, well, that doesn't make sense and that's not helpful. So you can either let go of it or upgrade it to something amazing. You know, sometimes my clients have said, oh, but it's not quite ready to leave um, with, um, oh, like one last week was about, um, being a, her mind being overcritical with every every word she puts because she's got to be perfect and that part of her wasn't ready to leave her so I said oh how about it it's coming up with those really exciting words so that when you write it's she's like, oh yes I love that idea so we did it that way instead so her mind's going to come up with these brilliant words so she can write perfect you know whatever she wants to write and it's going to be exciting 
so it it's really interesting and again her mind was all about being like 11 years old and being scared that the teacher's gonna not like her and write all red pen all over a book <laughs> but um because our subconscious minds don't upgrade they don't realize that you're not that age that you were they kind of keep you in that oh this might happen again so we need to remind you that you know you've got to keep you uh, locked and keep you safe so any push pull that you feel that your conscious mind is going I really want this and you've got this icky sort of push pull feeling it's your subconscious going no we need to put the brake on because of something in the past that's hurt you wow that's incredible because I think then would you say that every disease behind everything basically has come up because it's serving some sort of purpose and to let go of that, it's a shift in perspective that needs to happen on that subconscious level. Yes, in a nutshell. Um, I think it's your body telling you there's a story behind it and it's going, hello, it's like waving a flag at you. We need to address this. And when you've addressed this, so it is, it's addressing it and healing that emotional pain that's lying behind those physical symptoms. So it's a double whammy because you've, You've healed that old trauma that you probably don't even know you've got. Sometimes you do. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a significant trauma. But it can be anything that has hurt you. So it can be trauma with a capital T or trauma with a little t. It can be something insignificant or that seems insignificant as an adult of something that happened at school, the way a teacher spoke to you, reading it in class or something. Or it can be something, you know, major abuse or something. But either way, it's possible to heal from it. And and I hold that safe space for them to to do it. I've healed myself through um, lots of issues, from toxic relationships, from rape, from all sorts of stuff, that it actually feels indifferent to it now. And that is... Because the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. So that when you feel nothing, you've got that flat, flat line, that is when you know you've healed. And it just feels incredible. And, and also, it means, because everything's energy, it it takes you from that feeling, that wounded energy that you have, into that sovereign energy that you were born with, you know, where you feel whole and complete. You're always whole and complete. You don't feel it because you've got that wounded energy in you. And when you get rid of that, you go back to standing in your own power. And it feels incredible, doesn't it? Where you just, you just are, you know, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. You can can just be you. And it's, yeah, you're not so worried about rejection or, what people think because you can stand in your own you know you're you for a reason and that just feels really good yeah yeah wow I'm just like I'm so happy to have like I don't know Emily everything you've been through and then even just at a young age because you're 17 right now aren't you Yeah. yeah 17 and having that that feeling because I I realized through everything and everybody I've spoken to as well that that I I believe that when you're in this diseased state that there is a victimhood part of it where you're disempowered and when you're able to it's not you know after I mean maybe part of it is um but I've been kind of thinking that to heal, you need to find that empowered state within you. And it starts with hope and wondering, like, and being curious, oh, is this possible? And then allowing it to happen 
Um, you know, even in the face of fear that maybe this is not going to work, but just, yeah, letting that power come through, I think is so beautiful. Um, and something else you mentioned, I just want to touch on is that idea of, you know, you mentioned how traumas, you might not even remember something, some, but th- some things are really big and you do remember them, but those little T traumas, like the times when you're in grade school and you know, the whole class laughs at you for something and and you never want to public, you know, speak in public again. I think it's interesting that this disease comes up within us and it's almost as if it's there, you know, just saying, hi, there's something you need to deal with. Um, and it's almost, I'm starting like, even just as we talk, just to think about it in a different way where this is maybe shouldn't be seen as something so negative, but something that's like, you know, Hey, like you have something to pay attention to and let's honor that and figure that out. I think that's exactly it. There's a story behind it. It's just uncovering it, looking at it, healing it, all that emotional pain, and then you can release it. And that is the beauty of it. And it doesn't have to take decades. It really doesn't. The power isn't me or whoever's doing it with you. It's your subconscious. We, we really have underestimated the power of our subconscious mind because 95% of what we do is actually a subconscious belief of you know, we all repeat patterns and that's where that subconscious is. So tapping into that, you know, when you cut yourself, you don't sit there and think, oh, I need to, to do get all these cells to do that and all the plasma. You don't do that, do you? Or breathe. You don't have to think about it. It just does. It just is. It just happens. And that is that power. You know, when you break your bone, you generally your body will just heal it. And it's that power that you're tapping into because it, your mind has got a memory of when everything worked perfectly. So we're just going back to that. Right. That's all it is. And it's just tapping into your subconscious and to get it to, you know, to realize what's going on and to um, reactivate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such an interesting thing, too, because a lot of people have this belief and it's probably a very limiting belief where we have to take a long time. If we've been sick for so many years, then I've heard because I've tried a lot of different things, <laughs> like, for instance, with um, with celery juice that the medical medium and not saying anything against any healing modality, because so many people have healed from so many different things. But I think it's really interesting to, you know, go into this idea and think, you know, it's maybe not limiting it to say like, there's all these different ways to heal, but if you could heal so much faster by getting to the root of something, um, I think that's so powerful, but I think there's powerful in all the different ways of healing. And I think we all heal in the ways we need to. Um, but I just find this so fascinating because it really draws into that power. Like it happens within you. And I think even if there's something like celery juice and somebody's like, Oh my gosh, the celery juice healed me. I think, think in order for the celery juice or something else to heal you it's I just I find the healing so interesting because the more I learn the more I realize that if something is going to heal you it's because there's an underlying belief supporting what's healing you and you subconsciously are healing yourself but consciously you're thinking oh something outside of me is doing this and so I honestly think like that that empowered feeling is not as strong when you heal in those ways. And not to say that it's a bad thing, but, you know, because obviously any sort of healing is amazing and miraculous, but I think we're not as conscious and realizing that 
it's this power within us and we can have our power be put into something outside of us, like a practitioner or the doctor, you know, a medication because, you know, people still heal from things um, with the medical industry too. Like if it's drugs or whatever, um, yeah, it's just, it's yeah. so intriguing to me. It's the placebo effect though. The placebo means the doctor within you. So if you believe it's going to work, that's you're halfway there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think for me, I've realized that it's very difficult unless there's sometimes I can go into a doctor's office and I now know because most of my illness has been deemed chronic illness from the medical industry because they don't know exactly how to heal it. And so uh, because I've, you know, I've had broken bones before and I'm like, oh yeah, they know how to fix that. So if I need, you know, to go in because I have a broken bone, you know, something acute, I know they can fix that. But if I'm going in for something else, I have this doubt because doctors haven't been able to heal it before. However, there's people who have grown up in different ways and maybe, you know, I felt the doubt in doctors because maybe my mom or somebody else I was around planted that seed of doubt in there. Um, and that's kind of what I figure, you know, if I'm going to a, go to a doctor for something, then I need to really get grounded and understand that it's it's me working through them. And if I come in with this, not even just it's because it's not a conscious attitude, but if there's something subconsciously, then it's not going to work. Um, and it's just it's so intriguing and fascinating to think about how strong that placebo works, because you're right. It is the doctor within you. It is. But we I mean, I turned up thinking that because they put a name on it, we were somewhere forward. And, you know, it's like, oh, thank goodness, we've got a name. It's brilliant. It's an autoimmune disease. That means your body is attacking itself. Actually, that isn't strictly true. Um, your body is um, is there to honour you. It's not there to attack itself at all. It's just, uh, and it's of an opinion. It's, you know, when we're working together, it was quite clear that it was there because of a strong belief that she needed pain in order to be like everybody else. And there's no really, you know, no doctor would be able to have uncovered that because you need to work with her subconscious mind to sort of, you know, to weed it out and to find out where that all began. Because I would never have said. No, I'd never have dreamt I'd that. I would never either. have said, oh, yeah, it's because of that. Never. I didn't even know there was going to even be a reason behind it. No, I didn't. I was I mean, like, you were my first person. So I was just like, oh. I was like, yeah, I've got it. And that's basically what I've got yeah, to deal I've got with. I've got to live with it. Yeah. It's just my, unluck my unluckiness. Yeah. Kind of yeah, that's, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that idea too, that it's an unlucky thing is also very disempowering because I think that all comes from that victim mindset where, you know, society perpetuates this a lot. Like, because we're like, oh, we don't understand why disease exists. But once we do, it's a very, very empowering thing. But even genetic illness um, doesn't have to be incurable because genetics is only a very small part of our makeup, actually. And um, I know I've heard a story where there's been somebody who actually had a genetic disease after she found out that she was adopted. And it was like her mind had gone, oh, I need to connect um, you know through genetics to somebody so she actually got this genetic disease at sort of 22 or something um and again she was able to release it so it's just it 
the subconscious mind is way more powerful than we've been led to believe. And that is the, the beauty of it. And yes, that you're right. And there isn't a lot that, you know, there are so many different modalities that work. It's not just mine, but it's, um, but everybody, you know, some things suit everybody, don't they? So it's all, it's all good. And if you can heal, it doesn't matter how you do it. It's incredible when you do it, but it is possible. I think that's the biggest message. It is possible. You don't have to just live with it and deal with it. Um, It is possible to release it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because that's something I've heard it so often before, but there's still like this subconscious victim within me that's like, oh, but you're different. Like, oh, you're special. There's some there's some reason. And really, you're like, not really. <laughs> like we're all people living like this life experience and our experiences are all different. But underlying you're right. Like we can all heal. Yeah. That's not available to me. It's a, it's a biggie. Yes. Yeah. It's available to me. That's a big one. But, you know, it's, it is, it absolutely is. It's just a story you told yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I think that connects with abundance and you make excuses and then it affects the rest of your life. Like, oh, I don't have the money. And then there's the belief that you don't have the money. <laughs> you know, you don't have the money to heal or whatever the time. Um, and it's crazy because I think so many people are caught up just like to go into the idea of how society usually runs like we're all in nine to fives doing the rat race and but we still never have enough money and we don't have enough time for vacation and it's just such a disempowering way to live like it's I think to me health is so interesting because it's mental health like you know obviously this these diseases that we experience if they can be healed by these realizations coming from that subconscious, they've come because of a mental idea that like, oh, we need them to belong or whatever it is. And um, it's just, it's so interesting to me to see how far health goes into our society because our beliefs really form our health. And, you know, if we're not happy in our jobs and we feel stuck, like we're just, we're not going to move and we're just going to be there. Yeah, and anxiety, and I've worked with those too. It's the same thing. There's always a root cause to it. There's always a reason behind it. Um, and I've helped a client, one of, one of the first clients I ever helped as well after Emily, was somebody with post-traumatic stress. And she was able to release it. It was about being held at knife point. But, I mean, not everybody is. But she, and, but she did know where her subconscious belief was. And she's quite happy for me to talk about it because she's just like, wow, you've changed my life. It's just, yeah, the message has got to go out there. So she was um, at, the, at the beach just buying an ice cream and she was held at knife point. And so her subconscious mind believed that the world wasn't safe and she was a big worrier and she couldn't go out. And she was even suffering nosebleeds through all the worry that she was having that she'd been hospitalized several times. Uh, we had um, worked together for the month and she, in the first session, she was able to actually leave my office back in the day when we were actually able to see people face to face. And the change in her was so dramatic. You know, it it was just incredible. She came in shaking with a coat too big and just you know, don't look at me, all this sort of stuff. And she left feeling six foot tall, just wanting to go shopping that she hadn't been shopping for over 18 months and certainly not on her own. 
Um, she looked in the mirror, which was near the door, and just said, oh, look at that. That was where I was, you know, that's my scar. Normally, I don't look at myself, but actually, that's my warrior wound. I'm going to embrace it now. I was just like, wow, <laughs> that is such a transformation. You wouldn't know it's the same woman that walked in, that walked out, you know. It was just, it was amazing. Um and it's just, again, it's the power of the subconscious. When you bought into that story, she was just seven. She couldn't question it. And of course, you know, her subconscious mind thought that the world wasn't safe. Who wouldn't go in through that? But she was able to see as an adult, looking at it with adult eyes, that she did all that. She was able to get help. She was able to escape. She was able to do all the things and help when she didn't believe in herself. Goodness knows what she can do now. She does. And... You know, it was that really where she just felt the victim and then we changed it to like, oh, wow, yes, I escaped. Yes, I got help. And, you know, there's other scenes that we went back to where she had a car accident. But again, she was able to, to do all the things and get help again and look after the children that was in the car. And it's just like, wow, you're such an empowering woman. How amazing are you? And then she's like, you could see, start seeing that because her shoulders went back and she was just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so many aha moments. And that's when she just sort of go, wow, yes. And so she's now a landscape gardener, doing being self-employed, doing what she absolutely loves to do. And her family has got their life back. It's that big ripple effect. You know, they've got a mum that actually wants to go out with them, that can engage with them, that's not worrying every time they go outside, oh, my goodness, you're going to die or something. You know, she was just, I mean, she used to say, if I heard a dog, you know, somebody's pet who I didn't even know was ill, I'd sit there and worry about it. Um, and she started just have let go of all that. Wow. Um, and that is such a wonderful story. And, you know, and it's just again it shows how powerful your subconscious is when you can rewrite that story that you bought into when you were little or the trauma that caused it you know and of course you know no one's you know, it, anybody would feel exactly that if they went through it wouldn't they but it's about rewriting that story as an adult looking at it with adult eyes and seeing how you know you're not that kid anymore yeah so exactly. yeah it's really powerful yeah I'm curious um for people who might think that, you know, they can't remember the trauma, I'm curious how how you go about doing that. Like if somebody, for instance, and I think all to a certain extent, we do forget the things that have caused us pain, um, you know, but some people, you know, there's clinical definitions of not remembering things. Um, so how how would you go about doing that? Uh, well, your subconscious mind has recorded everything since you were born. And it's just, but it's a lock filing cabinet. You can't access that on your own. So it's just giving yourself permission to, and that's part of what I do in the session, in the initial session. It's just, it's safe. Um, I also send them a recording before we start about how it's, it's safe to have your emotions and how it's, so it really and sets them up. Know how it feels as well. Yeah, just yeah. to because I yeah, it's about relaxing. So I, I give them a recording so that they're set up for that success. And in the recording, it's about emotions, how it's safe to to reveal it, and how it's a you know, it's your time to heal and that kind of stuff. So that when they come to me, they are primed to be okay. This is my safe space, and they are remembering. But there's, it's not necessarily about the images that come to them. It's about the feelings that they feel not exactly what happened 
Because if you, if I said to you, right, we'll go um, picture yourself in a walled garden, it's nice and sunny, and you're going to go out and read a book outside. It's going to be, you know, so it's just like a, a neutral scene. Some people will be thinking, oh, that's wonderful. I've got the sun on my back. It feels great. And another one might be thinking, oh, no, there's birds coming. I'm going to have a bird landing by the side of me. What if a bee comes? <laughs> you know, so it's, it's the emotion that you've attached to that scene. And it's about um, releasing that story. Interesting. Oh, I am so curious. We'll have to talk more about this too, because um, I would love to have a session with you. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and then you can talk about it. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <to>. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I kind of want to touch on this idea of chronic stress because science is finding out. Because I'm always curious about the connection with science and everything that's not quite scientific yet. And doctors are like, ah, that doesn't exist. Um, and so science is figuring out that chronic stress is what's causing a lot of our illness and that this tense anxiety or whatever it is, like these feelings that we have become what our body is expressing through disease or health. Um, so I'm curious, just like hear your thoughts on that you know, along with rapid, you know, RTT, rapid transformational therapy, and how that kind of connects with things. And um, there was something we were just talking about, um, you know, because stress causes the disease, and maybe the stress is caused by that perception. And so I think, you know, changing that story, but I kind of want to just hear it in your own words, kind of going through that. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Stress is emotion, and everything is energy at the end of the day everything is energy we're energy and our thoughts are energy uh, every thought you think creates a physical and chemical response in your body and emotion is energy in motion emotion so it's energy and if energy stress is a negative emotion it, it can get stuck in your body but energy is meant to flow and if it gets stuck somewhere it causes pain so it's about releasing that pain. And the way I do it, as I said, is through rapid transformational therapy. But I'm also a Reiki master as well. So I do use healing energy too during the, during the session or after the session. I'll ask you if you want it as, a, as an addition. Um, but it's just about freeing that, you know, helping you to, to heal your body using, using energy. So... But it is, it's stuck in motion. Stress is emotion of all kinds of, you know, it's, a, it's like a big umbrella. Stress is like all that negative stuff, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, definitely. But it's, it is energy at the end of the day. And it's the energy that's stuck when we've given it a label, which is emotion. And the emotion is there. There's a reason behind it. Find out where it all began. And then you'll find it's dissolving. It doesn't need to be there anymore. It will flow through you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause actually I'm realizing that, that question kind of came up for me because I've worked, you know, in corporate offices before where there's so many people who, you know, I've realized are burning out and I had that sensation as well. And I think you can have that, whether you're, you know, quote unquote, sick medically, you know, labeled or not. Um, and I think just that idea of realizing that you may not be sick or unhealthy in a way that the medical industry or anybody is really defined, but burnout, I think, is a disease in your body. Like we wouldn't label it normally as a, dis a disease, but it's something too where there's like this perception 
and this energy that's stuck because when we are burnt out, it's kind of that feeling where I just can't do anything anymore. Like, and it just, you know, you can't take another step forward because you just get so stuck. And I think it's that energy. If you're just able to get it moving based on whatever was causing that burnout then you wouldn't be in that position anymore. And I just, I feel like just talking to you both, I feel like, I don't know that it's really healing is about getting that energy moving again and flowing and just being able to have that empowerment because the victim is also that feeling of like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then, you know, on the other side of it, it's that empowerment, like, wow, I feel so good. I feel free. I can do whatever I want to. And that's really like everything I've been learning so much about as well. And I love talking to you guys because it's just like, it's reaffirming all of that. So beautiful. It is. You're right. Again, it's that trapped emotion. It can, it, it can be any label, but anything negative is the negative is a, um, what we term as negative energy, negative emotion that's that weighs heavier than feeling happy. Happy feels light and joyful, doesn't it? And, and airy. But those negative things tend to get stuck. They don't flow quite so easily. Probably flow slower if you can actually see energy. I can't see energy, but if you, but if you can see it, it would. Oh yeah, it would flow slower, wouldn't it? So it's it's that, and it's if it's not flowing properly, then you've got that. It's like um, a river when it's not flowing, it gets all the silt collecting, doesn't it? And then the river stops flowing. It's the same thing. Um, it's just that silt within you that's not flowing properly the way it should do. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to, you know, even outside of, you know, RTT or whatever it is that like ongoing wise, we need to be okay with letting go of our emotions. But it makes me think that maybe that's part of what RTT or just like the thought in general about accepting everything and not, you know, feeling I recently heard last week about it was actually earlier this week about the idea of unhooking from your emotions, because so oftentimes we try to hold on to them. Um, we, you know, it's actually more like the idea that you're pushing them away. And then in effect, because you're pushing them, you can't, you know, it stretches things out and you can't just unhook it and say, oh, look at this and, and let it go. You know, it's more so that you're pushing it away and you, you're not remembering, oh, like I have to, you know, unhook it from myself. Yes, that's it. Letting go are two of the most powerful words in the English language. Not hold on, it's let go. So yes, it is. It's let go. See it fall, see it drop, see it, and then just feel how you want to feel. Um, It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Just feel lighter in your body. Just come back to your own breath, close your eyes, and just feel how you want to feel, that easy feeling. So yeah, just let go, feel it drop. And it's all about intention. Just set that intention to let go of that emotion that you don't want to hold on to. You can journal it out as well if you want to. But really, it's just about having that intention, believing it will work. You just unhook it, drop it, and then fill yourself up with that love. Because love is the most powerful emotion that we have. So it's filling yourself up with love or feel that light coming into your body feeling yourself you know it's how you want to feel instead just just keep doing that the more you keep doing it the better it will be yeah exactly and I love how again we've brought this up a little bit too but it's just if you feel that it's going to take you a long time to heal that's also a disempowering belief even if you do believe you can heal it's I would argue that it's not quite fully empowered um but so I want to ask you, because we've talked, touched a little bit on it. Um, is there anything, you know, maybe one from both you, um, Emily and Rachel, 
Um, something you would tell people who are on a healing journey, any, any piece of advice that you feel would bring them closer to their goal of healing? That it is possible to be open to it. Yeah, yeah, be open. Be um, like try not to, like, don't give up basically, because things will get better basically, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that it is possible. That you know, it, there's if you've tried something that didn't work, it doesn't mean it will never work. It might just mean it's not the modality that suits you. Um, but yeah, the power is within you. It's not the out there. It never is the out there. And when you heal that old trauma, that wounded stuff, you come back to yourself and you feel whole. You've always been whole. Um, it's just that we felt broken and unfixable because that's that negative energy. And when you get rid of that old stuff, you come back to yourself. And then it's that sovereignty. It's that energy that's, that feels whole and complete. And then when you feel like that, you're able to give more love to other people because you don't feel depleted. You don't feel like you've given half, you know, half your body to somebody. You feel, um, because I've been in trauma, traumatic relationships, emotionally abusive relationships, and I was a people pleaser and codependent. And so I overgave all the time to the point where I just felt that I'd lost, I had lost me. And that's when, you know, I found rapid transformational therapy because I, I didn't know who I was if I wasn't a mum, as I said. And um, because I was just looking for the out there to validate me. And it isn't about the out there. I wish somebody had told you at school, wouldn't that be amazing? Have a lesson. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen up. But no, it's, it isn't about the out there. You don't need to find another half to, to feel complete. It's within you. Yeah. You need somebody that, that's going to enhance your life. For sure, you're not an island. It's about um, in, enhancing your life by other people. But it's not about them meeting your needs because if you go to somebody and will you meet my needs will you meet my needs um they might do to start with but they can easily just walk away and then you left feeling worse so if you feel it's the, you know the old adage isn't it of um put your own oxygen mask on first but it's true it's all about and it's not selfish it's all about you Fill your own cup up first and then you can give more because you're not depleting. Your energy comes from within rather than somebody taking it off you. It's just, you you know, you're naturally giving it and it doesn't feel, it feels different, doesn't it? How would you describe it? Uh, it doesn't feel heavy. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, you don't. It just feel, I don't even know the word, like airy, I guess, is the word, isn't it? Yeah. Free. Light. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 It's not. Yeah. You're not sort of doing somebody. They're not doing you a disservice. You just feel your energy is. I guess that is. It's your energy is different. You've not got any holes in it. I suppose if you could see it, so that um, you're interacting differently as well. Yeah. Um, I think. I think there's some, sometimes people sort of tend to suck your energy, and it feels like they've actually drained you. Yeah. And I think. Um, if you if you've got that wounded energy, that can happen. But if you're feeling more complete, um, you you can sort of then though you know wherever my energy is scattered, I need to bring it back to myself. Yeah. Um, and it's just, again by setting that intention, you don't have to overthink it. It's just sort of saying right, I'm bringing all my energy back to me, um, and it it works. 
I think that is such a huge idea too, because so much of the times when I feel like, you know, I grew up and you as well, that whole people pleaser thing and wanting to give and give and give. But when you're, you know, as they say in the Bible, like your cup is it overflowing. Um, you know, that's, that's that feeling. I think when you just have so much to give that there's nothing from your giving that you're losing, it's just this feeling of love and spreading it around. And it's just so beautiful. But I think we are oftentimes told to do that and expected to do that when our cup is not overflowing, when we haven't filled it up ourselves first. And so when we're giving from that place, when we ourselves haven't realized, you know, the wholeness within us, then that's, I think, where that part comes from, like, where it's a people pleasing thing rather than just giving of our love. And because we're expected to give of our love and there's not this understanding of healing and needing to be whole first and, you know, and setting the boundaries and allowing yourself to heal, then I think that's where people pleasing in itself just came to exist because we think we're supposed to be a certain way. And I think we are, you know, supposed to be this way when we're whole, but if we're not whole, we have to work on that first. Exactly. I used to feel like I was bent out of shape by overgiving. And I didn't realize I was overgiving. I just thought that was my personality. I just thought that was who I was. But I didn't realize what I was actually doing was, was coming from a trauma response. It was a trauma response. Um, and that is such a, an aha moment. Again, it'd be nice to have learned that at school too, <laughs> wouldn't it? But um, yeah, it was a trauma response. And, and so it doesn't have to be your forever. You can heal from it get to the root cause where it all began and you know I had to play you were talking about earlier about having the roles to play whether you've got to be the sick child the good kid the really really smart kid um and it for me I had to be the really really good kid just you know and I, I was desperate to be that's that really good kid squeaky clean probably nauseatingly sick <laughs> to anybody else around me but it just felt like that was the role I needed to play um and I suppose you were the sick child. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it was just, fortunately, we managed to, to nail that one on the head. But otherwise, you'd have carried on. You know, because they said you, know, you can go out of juvenile and idiopathic arthritis. Yeah, but I told Dad my story. He just says, oh, he must have grown out of it. But how? But then I needed a, I was meant to have a flare. I had a flare, didn't I? Yeah, you're in the middle and of the then yeah. They were like, oh, actually, not sure you need one anymore mm-hmm. after the session. So I know that it wasn't a case of yeah. going out of it. Yeah, you don't grow out of something when you're in the middle of a big flare-up, do you? Right, you know, sort yeah. of talking about sticking needles in her again, and you just go, oh, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you must have just... It, that just doesn't happen. So we know. We know what happened. Um, and I, we don't care whether anybody believes us or not, really, because we know, don't we, yeah. that um, that pink balloon... <laughs> I don't even know what made me think of that. No, I don't either, but it doesn't matter. But equally, I had a, a, a man with psoriasis, and he, he's on my website. He, he very kindly let me have some photographs. And he's got really scaly skin. It's the worst I've ever seen it. And he just needed a cleansing bath. He just, in the session, he just sat in the chair, imagined himself having a cleansing bath. And he went from thinking I was going to, turn him into a chicken because he didn't believe in hypnosis hypnotherapy 
um, to going, what the F did you just do to me <laughs> at the end? Because he was just like, it's gone. He knew it had gone um, because he just felt it release him. So um, like I said, his photographs are on the website as well. So you can see the difference in two weeks of how, just two weeks of the before and after. So, yeah, it works. <laughs> something like that where it's a visible thing that you can see like psoriasis so he had felt it was gone already but i'm gonna yeah. guess that he could still visit the felt, no. yeah he just yeah he said he needed a cleansing bath so i just said brilliant let's do that imagine yourself having a cleansing bath it's quite you know it's quite a funny thing you sat there in the chair in the therapy room imagine yourself having a cleansing <laughs> bath or whatever and yeah, he just said, well, let me know when it's gone. He goes, yeah, it's gone. And he just opened his eyes and said, yeah, what did you just do to me? So because he knew it was just not there anymore. So I'm curious because that connection of visualization, I think, is so, so strong, whether it's for healing or, you know, living our dream life. Um, so I'm curious, though, because... I've been learning about the idea of creating from within first, which is why visualization is so important and not drawing, you know, your future based on the external reality that you're seeing. Um, so his psoriasis, you said, cleared up within two weeks, but there was something inside that he knew it was gone. And I'm curious how, you know, was it just that visualization and you walking him through it and possibly getting to the root of why it was there? That's that the root of it. The idea. Anger. Yeah. The root of it was trapped anger, which is quite fortuitous, really. When you look at psoriasis, it's really angry skin, isn't it? So we got to where it all began. And it was, again, it was in childhood of not being able to. I think he got a brother who um, was doing, you know, usual kids stuff, but he couldn't express the anger that he had. And nothing happened for for decades it was when he was in his 20s that he broke his knee and he's quite happy for me to talk about this one too because he's like yeah just go for it but so he broke his knee in his 20s and the pain in his knee was really so so unbearable his beautiful subconscious mind thought I need to do something to stop him focusing on on his broken knee I know <laughs> let's create psoriasis at the top of your plaster cast which it did that's where he said where it started and then it just blossomed if you like all the way over the rest of his body and it was on his arms legs and chest and hair and everywhere so um but his knee had healed 15 years like you know before that before I saw him um so his subconscious hadn't sort of switched that off thinking oh yeah actually your knee's healed now I don't need it anymore so that was where it was that's where it all came from it was trapped anger nothing happened broke his knee and then his mind decided, oh, yes, let's, um, let's have a cunning plan and, and uh, distract you. And um, he came to me because we actually had a conversation because it was about the doctor telling him he was going to go on methotrexate. And he knew that my daughter had been on it. And he's like, what do you say? I said, don't ever, you know, you know, obviously I'm not a doctor. If you've been prescribed it, then, you know, you need to go and see a doctor. But personally, it was like, no, she, she was sick every weekend. She was dreading the weekends. She was uh, nauseous in between. She all got way, no all memory. Time, all the time. I felt sick all the time. I felt dizzy as well. Yeah. You, I don't even know. I can't describe how I felt. I just felt ill. Yeah, you weren't present in and life, I mean, were you? Really? I think even if I had just the arthritis, 
it would that was already quite a lot already. And then adding to the metric, so it kind of made it worse in a way, but then made my arthritis yeah. better, but then it felt worse. It so it was just yeah, yeah, it just swapped symptoms, yeah. Yeah, whole mess. That, that's why you came to me and sort of said, Oh yeah, I know that your daughter's been on it. And I was like, Oh, but I actually can help you. <laughs> so that's how he agreed to have a session, but he was still very skeptical of like, oh hypnotherapy you know because he was thinking about stage hypnosis I thought you're going to turn me into a chicken I'm like no I'm just going to let you relax and I'm just going to talk to you while you relax that's as scary as it is <laughs> and yeah so yeah it was just much anger that we released I love that because it really just points to the idea that the whole it stems from within and once you release whatever that is and then you're feeling like wow like that was the connection between whatever trapped emotion and whatever disease you're experiencing. And then when it's not there anymore, having that internal go out into your external and then the psoriasis within a couple of weeks was gone. That's beautiful. Yeah, you've got to give your skin time or whatever it is to, to actually transition that through. Right. But you knew in the session that that's one session. You knew that that was um, all done. And that's kind of how I felt though. Just, yeah. It just felt like it was just done. I just felt like it was just don't need anything else. Just I feel like mm. I just felt kind of normal after that. Yeah, yeah. That's even though I felt like normal felt like. No, you didn't, did you? No. Even that no. way. I didn't know what normal really felt like. Right. So yeah. It, to actually kind of experience it, I was just like, I feel different, but I don't, I don't know what different is. But actually, it's not right. Yeah, yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? When we're on holiday. Um, in Tenor, no, it's Lanzarote. You said, "Oh, oh yeah, the heat." We were walking up and we're walking up a hill. It wasn't a huge hill, but it was a hill. And you're like, "Wow, it's hot!" And I was like, "Yeah, it's been hot every year. You know, whenever we've been on holiday abroad, it's been hot." She's like, "Hmm, never experienced it's hot. It's hot. Like, <laughs> like it is hot, like warm, but not ever. I can't ever really feel it." So we've come to the conclusion that either the the disease that she had or the methotrexate that she was on somehow interfered with her um, thermostat, if you like. <laughs> um, and because you, you know, you, you have been on holiday with blistering heat. And oh, I'm cold, cold, <laughs> yeah. Well, you like, you're like, you're like, oh my god, oh, oh, she's just piling up, you know, the, yeah. just attention seeking. Oh, <laughs> was cold. I don't even know. But you were also walking down that hill, going, oh, you remember what you said? No. Oh, I'm walking down this hill and it doesn't hurt. And I thought I was just not coping with pain the way everybody else copes with pain. Oh, I remember, yeah. Didn't you? I just thought I was just not brave enough or not sucking it up enough to to sort of walk as fast as you. Yeah, I was like, oh, it doesn't even hurt. Is it? I was like, that's a bit weird. I've never because it was the first time I've been on holiday since it didn't hurt. Mm. And I was just like, this is just weird. Yeah, it felt weird. Yeah, but it's so good. But that's... Sorry, that what? Like a, it was like a good weird. It was like a high kind of like happy kind of weird. If that makes sense. Happy kind of weird. That sounds perfect. <laughs> That's what healing should be. <laughs> yeah, I think it's beautiful that you bring this up as well because I think a lot of people have been ill a lot of their, you know, for most of their lives, and we might not know what normal is. And I think, you know. For there's some things that I would like to visualize into, you know, into existence into my life, but I realize it can be really hard sometimes when you don't have 
something to look back on in your life, like to be able to see yourself in a position where things were normal. And so I think that's a beautiful you know, message to people that you don't ever have to have experienced what normal is, but you can still experience it without having any clue what that's supposed to feel like. So isn't it? You just yeah. let go of it and experience a different, a different, nice normal. Yeah, yeah. A new normal. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. So before we wrap up, um, I want to ask where people can find you online. I don't know, Emily, if you're online or want people, but um, Rachel, if you want to tell us, and of course, Emily, if you're open to it. Yeah, I don't mind, really. Okay. Um, my website is www.wellnesswithrachel, which is R-A-C-H-E-L.co.uk. Okay. We'll put our um, as well. Yeah. And they, my you can um, contact me via that website as well. And I'm on Facebook. It's Rachel Claire Farnsworth and Wellness with Rachel as well. Okay, great. They're my main two things. And I've got a Facebook group, which is called Overcoming Anxiety, Depression and Chronic Conditions. So, and I go live in that group every Wednesday at five o'clock UK time. And it's available on replay. There's always something in there. There's lots of lives, lots of... Um, Lots of information in there too. Lots of free information. Wow, that's awesome! I will, come I will definitely be checking that out. <laughs> yeah, come and join me. Brilliant. Yeah, you know, just uh, go on my Facebook. It's just Emily Parsons. That's probably the best place to contact me. Really, anyone has any questions? Really, yeah. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you both. Um, and my last question for you is: How would you define healing? Oh, that is a big question. Yeah. Um, oh, what would you say? It's just letting go, letting go of stuff that no longer serves you or is any use for you. That's um, it can be emotional and physical, as we've talked about. But it's you know healing that emotional pain will get rid of your physical symptoms. You can release them. Um, so yeah, it's about letting go, not holding on. We all hold on to far too much baggage and don't realise what a weight that is of carrying it all around. So yeah, letting go is part of the healing process. And understanding where it all came from is, in, in my view, is really powerful. I know lots of other, I've worked with lots of other people doing different modalities because I love learning about different stuff. I'm a big big sponge of <laughs> finding out all whatever else is available and sometimes it's just about oh yeah you've cleared that and you, you don't know why you've cleared it or where it came from um, and you're sort of guessing sometimes but why I like my modality why I love it is because it's fast it's quick it's permanent and you get to know the reason behind it and the stories that your mind was telling you you don't know consciously what it's telling you and so you sort of you still feel stuck so releasing it in an emotional way and understanding where it all came from, I think gives you real clarity and um, and release. I think that's and you know you know that you really have let go. Yeah, I think that is. I'm just drawing from that and feeling like you know if you were going to think about this on a more physical plane of letting go, if you felt like the backpack you were carrying was just so so heavy and you know, and you're just like, why? But you never look inside the backpack to find that there's like two giant stones that somebody, you know, put in your backpack because you thought they were something else, you know? And if you start realizing that, you know, 
there's something within that you need to let go of and go within and search for it. And then you can let those go. I feel like, you know, once you realize, oh, this is what I need to let go. And it's so obvious. Why would I keep these stones in my backpack if they're making it hard for me? So anyways, that's just what I do for that. That's right. They're just your normal. You thought that was part of you and actually it wasn't. It's probably somebody else's belief about you or somebody else, you know, that maybe they told you you were stupid when you were growing up as a child at school. And perhaps, you know, as a child, you couldn't have questioned that. You know, maybe they weren't a good teacher. You couldn't question that. Should they really be a teacher? Should they be stood in front of me? (laughs) You couldn't question that. So you just took that belief on, oh, I'm stupid. And you wore that label for the rest of your life. How limiting that is, you know, and how untrue it is. So yeah, it's about and it and somebody gave you that label that you didn't even ask for. So yeah, it's about letting go of all that stuff that you no longer need. And it is really healing and it is it's just a beautiful thing. I love doing what I do. I'm on I'm on fire because um I feel other people's pain. So letting go of that for them helps me as well. <laughs> Which yeah, sense... Me and you feel pain differently, don't we? Yeah, we do. With, with other people, we feel other people's pain so differently. You feel it like you want to help them, and I feel it, and I feel like bad for them. Like I sympathise. Yeah. Whereas you're like, no, I need to help them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love that because it's, it's so interesting to, you know, feel that too because I have that sense too that, I never want anybody to go through the pain that I've gone through. And if they have, like, I want to help them release it as well. So that's why this podcast exists right now. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it brought your spirit up, sparked an aha moment, or fueled curiosity around your growing idea of what it means to heal. If you'd like to listen to another episode of the I Am Healing podcast, or connect with us on social, go ahead and check out the links below in the description. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and share with a friend you think may resonate. And again, I'd love to hear your feedback. So share a quick review and let me know about any realizations you had or ideas that stood out to you the most about this episode. To end, I'd like to share a quote by James Nestor. If someone tells you something is impossible, go prove that it's not. <laughs>